Today on the Cineos Health Podcast, we return to learning agility. I'm Jeff Stewart from Cineos Health Consulting. I'll be joined today by Hasani Jayatilika, who's a consultant here in Medical Affairs Consulting at Cineos Health. Hasani works with medical affairs teams to bring learning agility to medical affairs. Learning agility in medical affairs, next on the Cineos Health Podcast. Hasani Jayatilika, welcome to the Cineos Health Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. So you work in medical affairs, and we're continuing a conversation that we started on a previous episode about learning agility. Just for those that didn't hear the previous episode, what is learning agility? And then why the heck does it matter to a pharma company? In a nutshell, learning agility is a set of skills, competencies, and mindsets that support our capability of knowing what to do when we don't know what to do. For example, if one of our peers gave us a new project that we really had no familiarity on, it's about digging deep within ourselves and also using the tools and skill sets around us to really help us figure out how to attack this problem that was put on our plate. And then remind me, why does pharma care about learning agility or why should it care about learning agility? A couple of reasons why. Companies that have exhibited greater levels of organizational agility were shown to be more competitive and profitable even during turbulent times. And the last year with the COVID-19 pandemic has shown that medical affairs organizations in particular have to really pivot and innovate as the external dynamics, in this case, the world changing around us to maintain alignment to the overall medical vision and business objectives. By having an understanding of learning agility at an organizational level, at a functional level, and at an individual level, medical affairs organizations are able to pivot and really adjust to the changing world around them. All right. So we think it's important, especially in times of times of trouble, <laughs> times of change. How do we get learning agility? How do we measure it? What do we do? So there are six tangible ways of developing learning agility. This includes accountability, curiosity, self-awareness, context mapping, interpersonal connection, and competence. By looking at these six different dimensions, we can come up with specific activities that we can perform or learn from that we can really use to develop learning agility. And by becoming more agile, we can become more innovative, we can develop more emotional intelligence, and in that way, contribute in an effective way to our medical affairs organization. Accountability, I know, and I've heard the word self-awareness but I'm not self-aware enough to know what self-awareness means. What does self-awareness mean and why does it matter to a pharma company? Self-awareness is the extent to which we understand our own biases. It's also the lens through which we view the world. For instance, humble, cognizant of our own strengths and weaknesses or emotional triggers, honest and confident, and also disciplined and act within our value boundary. And this is important for a pharma company and in particular medical affairs organization, if you really think about maybe an individual who's on the field-based medicine team, where they really need to engage with external stakeholders. And so for them to make sure that they're effectively communicating their message, it's important to be very self-aware of their own biases and to think about how is the best way to communicate the message. How the heck do you do that? How do you become self-aware of your own biases? They're biases. They're largely invisible. I mean, it's like being self-aware of the fact that you are breathing air. You don't really think about it. 
Right. And one of the questions we ask in our learning agility diagnostic tool is, do you avoid adversity or ambiguity? And you're asked to answer between strongly agree to strongly disagree. And we find that some people tend to say, yes, I do strongly agree that I avoid adversity or ambiguity, whereas others will say, no, not really. I disagree with that. And so based on that, we see how people are aware of how they interact with external forces that are maybe uncomfortable to them. Giving them that feedback really helps them dig deep and reflect and understand why do those particular situations make them feel uncomfortable and think about ways that they can get more comfortable in those particular situations. You mentioned another one. Context mapping. Context mapping. What the heck is context mapping? That's the way a person makes sense of information. And that really involves a person sort of digging into their previous experiences and knowledge, as well as using their creation of imaginative or new connections. Part of it is always thinking about what's next, how do they learn from failures, or how they connect beyond their current field of expertise. Okay, that helps. And we talked about accountability and then curiosity as being things that are important, but I think we know what they are. Am I missing something or am I not self-aware enough to know what I don't know about accountability or curiosity? Or those self-obvious? I think for curiosity, one thing that we tend to stress on is being open-minded. It's the ability to learn, to unlearn, and also to relearn. That aspect of unlearning and relearning is also very important when it comes to curiosity. I'd never thought of it that way. Tell me more. So, for instance, as you're sort of looking at new challenges in the world, if you think of a field-based medical team where it was mostly one-on-one in-person interactions and now having to switch over to a more virtual setting, you think about tips and tricks that you used to have when you used to have those one-on-one meetings. Now you kind of have to unlearn them and actually relearn them in a way that you can apply them in a more virtual setting. And so that's an instance where I think of having to unlearn and relearn certain things to make sure that you're effectively making an impact in your day-to-day work. How do you learn to unlearn? I know that's an odd question, but I really have never thought about it. So it is curious to me. I try to do that, but what do you do? I think just being aware. And I think in our day-to-day lives also, we have certain unconscious biases that it's important that we recognize that they're unconscious biases. And then also learning to practice, not practicing those unconscious biases. And I think the same applies here, where you need to be aware you are doing certain things in certain settings that might not be the most effective way to move forward and being conscious about those and then correct those as you move forward in your trajectory is helpful. Accountability, curiosity, self-awareness, context mapping, and you said two more. Interpersonal connection and competence. Do I know what those mean, do you think? Or is this something that I'm not getting the gist of it in some way that is meaningful, the way that I really didn't get curiosity? I think interpersonal connection is sort of adjusting one's personal communication style to connect with others, which I think is a little obvious. But we also want to emphasize that this interpersonal connection should be adaptable based on stakeholder. It should foster strong personal relationships. And then it's also about clearly and appropriately communicating with your audience. And that's what we think of as interpersonal connection. 
In terms of competence, a lot of people think of it as being IQ, but we think of it as using intellect and cognition as well as strategic risk-taking to apply expertise and produce substantive outcomes. So this would include in a medical affairs setting, strong medical expertise, being a constructive challenger or evidence seeker, and staying knowledgeable about current events and innovations. Risk-taking? Yes. Why? It's important for us to sort of really think about coming out of our comfort zone, being adaptive and dynamic and really trying to understand what are the needs of the larger environment that we can address by coming out of our comfort zone and really pushing forward. I think taking risks can also lead to being more innovative and creative, and that's really important for organizations. What is it about medical affairs that does lend itself towards this learning agility side? And may I challenge you that you're in medical affairs, so maybe it just seems like it applies to medical affairs. Is medical affairs really special? Well, I think learning agility does apply to medical affairs because that's how learning agility was sort of designed with the medical affairs function in mind. But there are a lot of companies outside of medical affairs, and I can tell you that one of the companies that we've drawn inspiration from is NASA, that does a lot of people analytics to really understand their workforce and where their gaps lie and what what they can do to improve and close those gaps and really bring the best out of their workforce. And in a similar way, in, in medical affairs, we've developed this learning agility offering where we're really thinking about how the medical affairs function is evolving. Medical affairs is in the position to becoming a strategic leader who can ensure that companies are bringing the right medicines to the right patients at the right time. Therefore, it's a function that needs people who are willing to leave their comfort zones and gain new experiences and thrive during change. And this is what learning agility really gives these medical affairs functions information about. For example, a head of a medical affairs function or the chief medical officer wants more people with high emotional intelligence and innovation and agility. And this is what learning agility gives them. If you want to think about field-based medicine, field-based medicine really wants people and their team to sort of flex. So learning agility gives them that opportunity to learn more about where are they falling short and where can they improve in terms of their agility and really contribute to the overall medical vision as well as the business objectives. In your role in consulting in medical affairs, did you come from the medical affairs side or the consulting side and picked up medical affairs? Just curious. I actually came from academia. So I did my postdoc in pediatric oncology and was looking for a role that was more commercial, that sat in the middle of commercial and clinical. And that was medical affairs for me. And so the role that I have taken on is to be a consultant in medical affairs, but also a data scientist, really bringing these analytics into our offerings and really making sure that we're making it more efficient and more innovative and utilizing everything we have right now out there. Well, the reason I asked the question is that now that you've gotten yourself immersed in, in essentially this learning agility side of it, has it changed how you think about your own work as a consultant? 
Absolutely. I tend to look at myself as wearing two different hats, the pure consulting hat as well as the data science hat. When I wear the data science hat, I think I am a little less agile than I should be just because I am so focused on the work. I'm so focused on making sure that I am communicating effectively, but also just being really into the data that I'm trying to wrangle and present. But in the consultancy world, when I have to put on that hat, I think I am definitely more agile. Well, I really need to be more innovative. I really have to have more of a flexible role that I can really understand what the client's needs are and cater to what they're really looking for. If you're not in medical affairs, but you work in pharma and you're thinking, well, learning agility might be important to me, what do you do and what are you looking for? Can you just walk through what it is if somebody listening to this is not in medical affairs and is trying to say, does this matter for me? I think it matters for everybody because it does matter sort of you learning about yourself. Learning agility gives you that opportunity. It also gives you the opportunity to learn beyond your functional expertise. There are a lot more things than our functional expertise that make us successful in a role. And I think learning agility gives us that overview of what we should be looking at outside of our functional expertise. And those are the six dimensions that I talked about. And by improving on those six dimensions, you can think about improving in your role and also think about really contributing more to your team or your organization. And then also thinking about developing in your career as well. Asani, how has learning agility changed or evolved from the last time that we talked on the previous podcast? And if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, you can go back and listen to the podcast episode on learning agility. How has it changed since that for those that have listened to that other one? So learning agility, when we started talking about it last year, was more of a qualitative assessment. And so we went back and we created this learning agility diagnostic tool, which is essentially a survey of 80 questions that individuals can take. And once we receive the information from that learning agility diagnostic tool, we're able to really dig deep into the data. So we're using big data analytics to really go in and develop an individual score for each of the respondents, but we're also looking at how do the scores change between different functional areas and we can also compare it at an organizational level which can really help these organizations compare each other and conduct benchmarking activities. What's really nice about the new diagnostic tool is also that we can generate personalized reports and we can provide individuals a more in-depth analysis to what their learning agility means and also describe how they perform on their six learning agility dimensions. We also provide recommendations on how they can further improve on those six dimensions and improve on learning agility overall. In that personal report, we're also including a page for self-reflection because then they can go in and say, am I actually moderate on accountability? Do I agree with this readout or do I actually disagree? And why do I feel different about this report that I'm being handed? In terms of how it's evolved, we've definitely incorporated some analytics that has really allowed us as a consulting firm and our clients, the pharmaceutical companies, to really gain more insights into learning agility and really understand how it can help in improving their overall medical vision and business objectives. So this may be an unfair question because it's such a new test. Is it reliable and is it valid? 
we have validated it multiple times and we've also had external validation as well. And we've noticed that it actually does work pretty well. And what we've also noticed is that we've given it to people who have sort of changed their roles within a period of time. And we can see that with that change in role, we see a change in agility as well. And so we're pretty confident with the tool and we're really excited to deploy it into more pharmaceutical organizations and see what the outcomes look like. But so far, we've had multiple different clients try it and all the data readouts that we've done for them have really made sense. And it's been a wonderful experience. Well, Hassani Jayatilika, thanks so much for joining me on the Cineos Health Podcast. It has been a pleasure to learn more about learning agility. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's all for today's episode of the Cineos Health Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stewart from Cineos Health Consulting. If you want to talk through a hard decision you're making at your life sciences company, you may email me at podcast at If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For access to more future-focused, actionable life sciences insights, visit the Cineos Health Insights Hub at insightshub.health. Cineos Health, shortening the distance from lab to life. Thank you.